If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On this edition of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking design in an era of sameness. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to episode 24 of Confessions of a Marketer. I've got Joe Kasherba in to talk about design today. We'll get to that in a moment. This week, we will try to do something we've never done, post two shows in a week. I've got the CEO of Wonderman Data, Jacques Van Niekerk, coming on in a couple of days to talk about GDPR, the soon-to-be-implemented General Data Protection Regulation that addresses data protection and privacy within the EU, as well as the export of personal data outside the EU. It's a broad-ranging challenge for marketers, so I'll hope you'll be back in a couple of days to listen in. On to Joe Kasherba. Looking around the web, everything looks the same. And it's not just the web, it's logos, signs. Seems like everything has a prepackaged feel to it. That's because they are prepackaged. So I asked Joe Kasherba, who runs his own design company, to help me understand what's going on and how a firm can look distinct in an era of sameness. It was a fun chat, so let's get to it. Joe Kasherba, welcome. It's great to have you here on Confessions of a Marketer. Hey, thanks so much for having me. One of the reasons I had you on is that looking at your website, you've got an incredible array of designs, and they're all kind of different. And one of the things I've seen on the web lately, and in design in general, is that things seem to look the same. So why do you think that is, and what's at the root of it? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think one piece of it is a sort of a technology-driven piece. In in that piece, there's two there's two pieces of that. So we're going to go and sort of drill down here. I think more and more people are building websites, and not just websites, but also logos or business cards or anything using templates and themes that are pre-built. Right. And whether that's buying a theme and using it with WordPress or using a website builder or something like that. Or going to Fiverr and having someone design your logo, and of course they're not designing it from scratch at that point. Exactly, and, and it's not just it's not just a you know a business that decides to build the, uh, their website themselves. It's actually a lot of professionals that are using pre-built themes or elements and, and things like that. But the related piece to that, the other technology-driven thing, is that anymore, if you're building a website, you're building it not just for a computer screen, but you're building it for phones and tablets and thinking about well, could, what, what would it look like on a smart TV and, and different things like that. And so 
I actually think that that piece of having to build websites that work on all these different devices has taken a lot of the creativity away from people. Right. So, so you're kind of building something that you might be able to view on a you know 42-inch monitor, but it's still got to work on a small smartphone. And so you kind of build to that lowest common denominator. Yeah, and that's actually something that's been very frustrating to me as a designer. You know, I used to be able to just open up Photoshop and create whatever you know incredible-looking thing that I wanted that you know was totally unique. But now. So much of my time and attention is focused on what's it going to look like on all these different devices? Can we keep it simple enough that you know it has the same basic design on all these different devices? And so that's a big piece of it. And that's actually a big piece of the reason why so many people are using themes and templates and, and things like that, because the compatibility with multiple devices is sort of baked into those things. Right. Okay. So, so that's that's a fact of the marketplace that you've got to design for all those devices. So, how do you make yourself distinct in a world of sameness? So, I think that you know you certainly have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just sort of a fact of it, and you have to sort of play by some of the rules that uh, you know you know are set up like that. I think the the other piece to it, I think business people in general have this tendency to try to make their businesses like you know, competitors that they see that they, you know, they, they look up to. Right. And then that, that's, you know, that's a common discussion in every company I've been in. Well, what, what are our competitors doing instead of looking within yourself? Yes. And I think the, the, the answer to that is, is, you know, if we think of a color wheel, uh, if you have a color wheel, you know, you can look, say you can choose a color on, on the color wheel and then sort of go to the exact opposite color and it's usually a color that would work well in a in a you know a color scheme, you know sort of the opposite color. I like to take that approach to business, whether that be marketing or design, and say, okay, here's what all of my competitors are doing. Instead of doing the same, the the thing the thing that's going to be the same as what they're doing, how can I be sort of the 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 opposite or the almost the antagonist to what they're doing? Right. I've got a friend who's a branding maven who always says zig when everyone else zags. Exactly. I think that doesn't start with the design. I think it starts with actually, you know, when you're figuring out what products and services are you offering, what are your, you know, what benefits are you offering people that the competitors aren't, starting with all of that, what are the, your points of differentiation, and then going from there to the design and, and creating a design that, that illustrates those differentiation points and those, those ways in which you're sort of competing at an angle rather than competing directly with, with your competitors. Often, those issues don't come up in, until you're writing something, until you're designing something, and you start looking at the company. And sometimes strategic decisions are made when you're designing a website or writing an ebook or, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely, because it, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, sort of the, the form follows function kind of thing or the, you know, garbage in, garbage out kind of thing where the business itself has no differentiation, doesn't have a really a unique selling proposition that, that's worth anything, then it really doesn't matter what you do the design. It's just uh, somebody in marketing once said is putting lipstick on a pig. Right. You know, it's, it's still a pig no matter what, you know, no matter what you do. Yeah, it's just got lipstick on it. <laughs> yeah. So let's think about how you can make yourself distinct. Could it be as simple as just breaking the 
three or six wide grid? Could it be as simple as using unique illustrations, illustrative photography? How can you take a, a WordPress theme and make it look distinct from the same WordPress theme that someone else downloaded? I think you almost have to t- take a step back and, and ask, is looking different what you actually want? Right. Or or do you actually want, you know, the ideal scenario almost is that somebody goes to your website and that they take the action that you want them to take. They're drawn into your message and what you're saying to them and that kind of thing. And they almost don't even see the design. Yeah. So I don't know that the, just simply looking different or, or is, is, is even the, the outcome we're looking for. Yeah. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at vitalant.org. You could help save lives. That's a good point. There's obviously a reason that cliches exist in language and uh, exist in in uh, design. That sometimes they work, right? Yeah. So you know, one of the things Peter Thiel, who was one of the guys who originally started PayPal and is involved in some other big time companies now, has this idea of going back to sort of original principles and starting from no assumptions. Right. And so I think that's probably the best answer to your question about how we can make things different. Let's start with well, what action are we trying to get people to take? What is different about our company? What message are we going to try to get across? And then we go back to first principles and we create the website that most matches, you know, in terms of design, in terms of layout, everything like that, most matches what we actually want people to, to do and what message we want to get across. And we don't box ourselves in trying to make a website that has certain things like a form here and a menu here and, you know, have those standard things. It's sort of going back to first principles and creating the website that most matches exactly what we want people to do. So you can't just go and design a website on a whim. It You, you have to have a, uh, some pretty solid thinking behind it. And that starts with what the company is all about, right? Exactly. I mean, you certainly can, can, can go ahead and do it. You just, there's not a whole lot of benefit at the end of the day to doing it. You know, an example of this would be, you know, I had a client, it, it was a manufacturing client. And most manufacturing websites are, you know, they look pretty similar. You know, maybe a few photos, just sort of a pretty standard design, some generic language. Somewhere down the bottom, you can find some contact information or something. And I kept asking them, what did they actually want this website to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And they didn't know. And eventually, we got to the point where they they said, well, what we want is we want more RFPs, Mm -hmm. more people to go on the website and request a proposal, which is funny because their existing website didn't even have a request for proposal form or 
any page like that or anything. There was just some obscure contact form with a couple random people's contact information on it. So you could just add that and you would deliver what you were asked to deliver. Well, yeah, certainly adding <laughs> that would be a, a, a big step, yeah. But but what, what I did was I said, okay, well, we don't need to make this in the mold of every manufacturing website ever that sort of looks all the same and there's just sort of a generic contact page with a bunch of people's contact information. Let's make it almost like a landing page where you go to that homepage and there's this big form on it mm. on the homepage, right on the homepage where somebody can upload the specs for their thing that they need to get manufactured and they can fill it out. You know, that's front and center. It was the kind of thing where immediately they launched that website, they started getting more RFPs and it's a website that ends up looking different than sort of the, the mold of manufacturing sites because they're typically not sort of laid out like a landing page like that. But it's what's really, really effective for them. Yeah. So I think you've answered this in a way in our discussion, but what advice would you give a CMO or you know a company that comes to you looking to redesign their web presence? The advice that I would give them would be, yeah, you know, just like we talk about, start with what message are we trying to get across? What don't they like about the existing web presence or the existing brand? You know, what message is it not getting across? You know, maybe what has changed since it was done previously? And then in the web, when we get into the web presence, what are we trying to accomplish? Again, I, I find so often people that are looking to buy a website have never really asked that question. What are we actually looking to accomplish? What action do we want somebody to take? Or how, how, what's the point of all this? And I think you're going to be you know, miles down the road if you just get a clear answer to that question. What excites you about working with your clients? What's the thing that charges you up every day? I think the thing is that you know, when, when what we do really helps their business. Yeah. You know, seeing that manufacturing company have that aha moment that that's what they want to do. And then building the website and then doing the digital marketing afterwards and just seeing them generating all these new opportunities in their business. What's cool to me is when I see companies really grow. Like that company ended up within a couple months of us working together, opening up a whole new uh, location and just really expanding things and being even somewhat instrumental in that process is really cool. Because the, you know, the web presence is the company to the customers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, more and more that's it's it, more and more that's almost like the, the 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 definition of the business at least in the eyes of the of the customers. Right. And the amazing thing about the web in in the last 20 years is it's become not just something for big companies, but it's become an incredible channel for small one-person companies. You put a web presence up, you get some commerce going, and you can operate uh, as an international company of one person. Exactly. And one thing I will say on that regarding this, this whole piece of looking different and uh, differentiating and everything would be if, if I'm giving, giving my advice to somebody who is a one-person business or a few-person business, I would say, you know, you know the, the the obvious thing that everybody does is well, I want to look like this big international company and right. you know all this stuff. But there are probably people out there in your target market that would like to work with an individual or would like to work with a small team. Oftentimes, that can be a point of d differentiation. Yeah, I uh, I worked with a with a couple of firms and, and redesigned their websites, 
And I remember talking to one of the clients, and uh, he said, you know, I liked the old website because it was hard to navigate, and it kind of reflected the personality of the company. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. You know, you, you spend a lot of time uh, um, trying to fix uh, issues, and then some people actually pine for the old lousy website. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, Joe, this has been a really refreshing point of view on how to look distinct in this era of sameness on the web. Thanks for joining me here on Confessions of a Marketer. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I really want to thank Joe for being with me. A couple of days from now, we will have a new one for you. The CEO of Wonderman Data, Jacques Van Niekerk, coming on in a couple of days to talk about GDPR. So stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.